Welcome, everybody, to Common Sense Christianity. As always, I'm your host, Ethan Foster, here today with another episode. Uh, another disclaimer, I know I've been tired lately. I just received the Pfizer coronavirus vaccine yesterday um, morning, and I it's not anything bad. I'm just very tired uh, because of it. So if I seem a little wary, a little confused during this episode, that's probably the reason. So bear with me, brothers and sisters. We have a topic that I haven't really gone in depth about um, that in terms of the ministry I work with now is the one of the pedestals of controversial things. I honestly, before we even get into what the Trinity is, believe that God is unknowable and that um, the Trinitarian aspect uh, and the oneness aspect, I think you can find evidence for both of them. If we're being as honest as possible. To start this discussion, we first have to define what the Trinitarian perspective is. Most people think it's just three and one. No, because I would certainly agree with that in its present state. The Trinity directly describes the eternal existence of the Godhead. There is a Father who is eternal and co-equal to the Son and the Holy Spirit. These three are unchanging and have existed as three different personages that can have personal relationships like you and me can within the oneness of God and within the essence of one God. So they're three but one. This, of course, is a hard concept to grasp, and this isn't me mocking it. It's just saying that humans cannot grasp this since we are one as one. Um... It is a very complicated topic that I cannot yet grasp to the level of me being wise to talk about it, but I will give my best input possible. And I can give reasons for both sides. I'll give you both sides. And once again, I take neither position. Of course, I lean more towards the Trinitarian view because I do believe in three and one, but have they been the same for eternity or do they all come from the Father? I have no idea. Um, it all comes down to biblical interpretation. So let's start in the infamous John 1, 1. In the beginning was a word, and the word was with God. This is the interlinear literal translation. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him, not even one thing came into being that has come into being. In him was life, and life was the light of man, and the light shines of the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. And later, it says a very infamous verse, and the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Uh, or in the literal translation, I just found it here. And the word became flesh and tabernacled among us uh, to show a presence uh, with us. This is the interlinear literal translation. If I were to go, and I don't know if it's going to be any different. Uh, and the cool thing about this Bible is, what it has is literal translation to our understanding as the original Greek. And right under the original Greek, it has the word-for-word word translation. So I'm going to read that for you to, uh, really quickly, brothers and sisters. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And God was the word. This one was in beginning with God. All things through him came into being, and without him, came into not even one thing that came uh, into being. 
This complicates the whole situation. And God was the word, it says. The literal words of it. Now, I, I'm not going to comment on this or come to any wild speculations because I don't read Greek. I'm going to try and teach myself how to, but I don't read it. So I don't understand how the original language works. If you know anything about other languages, the whole grammar and whole structure of the sentence um, it, it determine, helps determine the meaning of the sentence. I mean, if you flip into the Hebrew that's also into the, in this Bible, the whole way they read their sentence is backwards to us. So you cannot just sit here and reach a conclusion with that. I have one more literal translation. It's a young literal translation. I want to give as many perspectives as possible, even though they same, say essentially the same thing. I think this is important and learning lesson to you, ladies and gentlemen. So once again, and the studio is falling apart right now, um, or I guess my office desk, as one would call it. Uh, John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. This one was in beginning with God. All things through him did happen, and without him happened not even one thing that has happened. In him was life, and that life was the light of men, and the light and the darkness did shine, and the darkness did not perceive it. Now, if we were to flip to verse 14, and the word became flesh and did tabernacle among us, we beheld his glory, the glory of an only begotten of a father full of grace and truth. Uh, so interestingly enough, and I may be incorrect with this inclusion, but I'm going to say it anyway. If the book of John, which of course is inspired scripture, if it didn't exist, it would be very hard to even come to a Trinitarian concept. But of course, the book of John is a, is part of the Bible and is scripture, obviously. So of course, it's a futile argument, I would say. Um, the way that this argument could work is if you look through the essentials of all the Bible, especially the Old Testament, where this is important, there is almost zero connection, except with a few verses, between uh, of any Godhead. There's only the Father, right? Uh, so we can look at Genesis, though, which I hopefully have bookmarked. It's on the first page of my Bible where I'm about to read. And what it says is, let me try and find it. Genesis 1, 26. And God said, let us make man in our image. See, there's the important distinction, our. According to our likeness. And let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and blah, 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 blah. Um, this is very important. And for a long time, as a faithful Trinitarian, and an ignorant one, in fact, I would say that, oh, it's it's simply a trinity. But, but it's, not, it's not necessarily that. It could be taken that way, and there's nothing wrong with taking it that way. Another way you can look at it is, since God had already created the heavens and the earth, he could be talking to the angels, which would make sense, wouldn't it? Because angels, like God, share qualities with God. They're not divine. They are perfect. God created man perfect. They were without sin. They had the ability to choose, as described in the story about the devil falling from heaven, went through to heaven, left with the devil. They have the ability to choose. So he could be relating it directly to the angels that were in his presence. 
Um, another way, which was described to me by Sean, uh, is in tra traditionally, if a king were to be the only one eating and said, let us eat, but he's the only one eating, that, that could be another way to look at it. And this is no argument. Once again, I must make this distinction before you guys email me. There is no argument that I am specifically trying to find. I am trying to get you to think about your current positions on the Trinity. And to show you, it's not as simple as it is. One verse that I stumbled upon is from Colossians 2.9. This is not the literal translation, um, but I, I'll pull it up in a second. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily, bodily form. Well, Colossians 2.9, I think, gives an even bigger perspective in support of the Trinity, uh, brothers and sisters. Uh, let me make sure my podcast images are off. All right. Kept clicking the spacebar by accident. Uh, for in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and being having been filled, you are in him who is the head of all rule and authority. Right there, the Godhead bodily. So it's the Godhead made into flesh. Once again, you can take this in a couple different ways. And it's not me denying the power of that verse, but you can take it in different ways. So a lesson I want to draw from this is that we cannot know. Despite the attack I received from Jeff Durbin the other day, it was indirect, but I knew he was talking about me because I made the show. Um, he, he, he mocks the idea of God being mysterious and unknowable. But I think that is a real beautiful thing about our God. Putting God into a box, an explainable box, is underestimating the power of God and overestimating the power of the human intellect. It is okay to speculate. It's okay to have personal beliefs. But to say that the Trinity is the end-all, be-all of the essence of God, I think, is miscited. And it ignores that despite uh, the verse that I just read in Genesis, outside of that, there is no support of the Trinity in the Old Testament. None at all. And the Messiah was never claimed to be God incarnate then. Uh, at least I don't believe so. Uh, Isaiah 9.6, if I can find it really quickly, I don't think makes any mention of it. But but that's unimportant. You you can prove me wrong, and I, I'll just say next show, hey, I was proven wrong on this um, particular issue. Oh, here it is. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and we he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Okay, so never mind. Mighty God. There is a claim to be God right there. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And... Another thing, oh, just a lesson right there. It's okay to be wrong about things. Um, I think it helps you grow. So there we go in Isaiah 9, 6. He, the Messiah will be God. But then you would have to ask the question, okay, do you believe that the son was eternally existent as a separate personage? Or is he the literal word of God, the Father? And is the Holy Spirit the Spirit of the Father or is the Holy Spirit a separate uh Personage, person, uh, per se. These questions are unknowable. I think we can speculate about them. I think we can have personal beliefs about them. But to make any conclusive opinion over it, I think it is idiotic 
in its totality. Because when you read John 1.1, 1, 1, it, it gives support for both positions. It absolutely does. It says that there is a word, but what are words? And when you look at the historical context, ancient Jews believed that their, the soul was the literal breath of a person. The literal breath. So that connects directly with hist history right there, the oneness theology right there. But you can go in and flip to the Trinity. To the Trinity, okay. If everything's made through Him, it, and it shows a direct relationship between the Father and the Word, then you could say that the Word is, is its own separate personage. You can find support for both, and all I am saying is you can critically think both of them. But some calling each other heretics, some, some, uh, just BSing the whole discussion because it is an important discussion. And it's one that I think most sides have support for, based on what I've just read. Now, what do I believe? I've said that God is a mystery, right? Um, I am definite. I definitely believe that today, in our lives now, God is a Godhead made of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, co-equal. Um, actually, hold up. When we think about the co-equal part, and I don't have uh, the verses up for this, but you can research it yourself. When Jesus comes down on earth and says that the Father is greater than me, in that moment when he is in the flesh, he is not as great as the Father. Because he literally says it. Don't make any intellectual leaps to try and justify that. I'm just reading scripture. The Father is greater than me. So... In that case, that poses a real problem for the Trinity. Because if they're always co-equal, then that at that moment, they aren't co-equal. Okay, you can say he's in the flesh, right? And in the flesh, he is not equal to God. I would agree with you there. So it would beg the question, is Jesus still in the flesh now or no? And I have no idea. So in terms of my belief, I would say that now they are co-equal. Just off of pure specul speculation from what I read in the scriptures. Um, I think that I, it's such a difficult question. Because it's not as simple as people make it. Um, were they the same in the beginning? Were they three separate personages? I don't know. I lean towards saying that at least the word was the literal word of God based on the history of what the Jews believed. But that can easily change in my in my respect. So I say I believe in the Trinity, but I'm not a Trinitarian. Absolutely not. Because I think it's too conclusive over things that I don't think man can comprehend. Now, would I go as far to, uh, as Sean to say that he's a type of modalist? Absolutely not. I would disagree with him there. It's too conclusive. I'm in the middle here. I could take both sides. All I know is today, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit... They're all one, the Trinity now, but not Trinitarianism and saying they've always been the same way like that. I, I deny that. And anyone that says that they know, I, I, great, I greatly question their sanity and their readings of the scripture. Um, and that will be all for today. We have a season four finale coming up Wednesday. Go check it out. It'll probably be a shorter episode. I have no idea what I'm going to do for it, but let the spirit guide. I hope you guys had a great uh, time listening to this, and hopefully it challenged your position, whether you're a oneness 
uh, modalist or or a fervent Trinitarian. Uh, I would say, going back to what I first said, if you're eligible to get the vaccine, get it so we can finally be over with COVID. And uh, I'm not one of those big masking and COVID fear people. If you listen to the episodes I released in early April, you might think I am. Uh, pretend those never got uploaded. Uh, I'm, I, I, I wear my mask in restaurants and and all that, but I'm not fervent about it. Uh, I really don't care at this point. Uh, just get vaccinated so we can get this all over with, and so the government can stop trying to keep us locked up because it gets annoying. Uh, outside of that, trust God and everything. I love you, brothers, whether you get the vaccine or not. I just encourage it, and the show officially takes the standpoint of science, so therefore, please get the vaccine if eligible. I'll let you guys know how I feel. I got my first dose yesterday, as stated at the beginning of the show. I'll let you know in three weeks how I feel after the second dose. That one is usually a lot worse uh, in terms of side effects. And if you have any questions, email me at commonsensechristianitypodcast at gmail.com. And until next time, I'm Ethan Foster. This is Common Sense Christianity.